from 99.9 The Fan. This is The Drive with Tim Donnelly. Sponsored by Coach Pete at Capital Financial Advisory Group. Visit us at CapitalFinancialUSA.com. So there you go. Off the podium, Wake Forest. Bronze, Duke, because Riley Leonard is throwing, and it sounds like there might be a chance he's going to play. Silver, North Carolina State. Now this is where I put my disclaimers. And, And yes, I have disclaimers. I am not attributing that North Carolina State has their highest podium finish of the entire season just to the switch from Brennan Armstrong to MJ Morris. That's right. They have not finished higher than third until this week. They had not been higher than bronze until this week. That's right. This is one of those deals where you have to look at the context, right? There were multiple weeks when Brennan Armstrong was starting where all four teams in the, in the, the state of North Carolina and the ACC won. So it's tougher to get on the podium when everybody's winning, right? There were weeks when Wake Forest beat a SEC team and and Duke was earning game day and North Carolina was staying undefeated. Like, it, it was – context matters. Mm-hmm. This week, Duke didn't play and they have a quarterback that's hurt and Wake Forest got beat, so NC State slides up into the silver spot. I'm not going to look at that and go, ha-ha, finally got rid of Brennan Armstrong. Now it's time to shoot to the silver. That's not fair. It's also not fair that the the play calling for the first time really had multiple plays that got me really excited for the offense. Right? And and that's not just plays that like, oh, uh Brennan Arm or MJ Morris made the play. There are plays there that I hadn't seen yet. The Trent Penix two touchdowns. The 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 speed sweep, uh what they call them, uh, hot potato passes. That's what the the listener called yes. them on Twitter. Like, those were all new plays. It'd be one thing if we saw those plays or saw plays like that all year and Brennan Armstrong was airmailing it and missing them or throwing it in the dirt and not – like, th- those plays weren't available to be made. So, yes, MJ Morris in his first week as a starter has NC State as high as they've been on our, our weekly podium all season. But it's like, you know, you got to stay level, got to stay even keel. I want MJ Morris to not get – overconfident and I don't want Brennan Armstrong to get too low because it feels like as soon as he left things switched now if you have some uh, abilities of deduction and reasoning if you can can tally some things up by default you know who the gold medalist is it's like uh, Miss America when they announced the, the first runner up and then the other girls start celebrating gold North Carolina makes sense 40 to 7 against Syracuse that's a that's a drubbing. Drake May slinging it all over the place. The full allotment of wide receivers for the first time. And they still by the way are are waiting for some of the health in the backfield to get there. Right? The even if even if some of those guys are out there they're maybe not 100%. And uh the other thing about this offense and why there's so many options to to or so many opportunities to get better and better and better. Um Chip Lindsey's still feeling his way out. Mm-hmm. Right, he's a new offensive coordinator as well. We talk so much about Robert and Nye being a new offensive coordinator with NC State. I think part of that was because they were also bringing in a new quarterback in, in, at the time, Brennan Armstrong. Uh, Chip Lindsey, new new offensive coordinator for UNC. You know, he's just now over the really the last two games, both 400 yard passing games for for Drake May. He's just now getting a feel for the Ferrari he has at his disposal. 
right? If you've been, if you made your career calling plays for what I'm going to call normal college quarterbacks, you need to to tr- teach yourself how to call plays for Drake May, right? I've talked with uh, uh, some NFL quarterbacks that have gotten the opportunity to play with some of the true physical marvels at wide receiver. And they talk about almost having to retrain their brain to where, like, normally I would lead, like, my brain without thinking, I would lead my receiver by 10 yards here on this deep ball. But when you have one of those true physical marvels at wide receiver, it's like, oh, I got to lead him by 22 yards, and he's still going to get there. If I lead him by how I've led receivers my entire life, it's going to be behind him. Like, that's where Chip Lindsey is also, right? If I call plays like I call plays for every other quarterback I've ever coached, I'm not going to be taking advantage of what Drake May can do. He's now, you had Tez Walker, you have these other wideouts, you now have your full array of, of pass catchers. Let's see what this bad boy can do. North Carolina, gold medalist. Dennis, any problems with the list? Any nitpicks? No, nah, I got nothing, man. Perfect. I'm not going to lie, I got nothing. I mean, no, the way I'm, that North Carolina... Feel free to agree. I'm, no, I, see, I will never argue I with mean, that one. <laughs> the way North Carolina looked, I mean, that's an obvious number one. I, and I think... Actually, I'll agree with you. It feels kind of like a default this week. Yeah, it kind of does. It's like, yeah, yeah, they they've won forty to seven. The two teams that win get four. to go one and two. Yeah. The team that loses goes four. Three was on a bye. Exactly. <laughs> like it just kind of fell into place. One of them was a blowout win that goes above the one that wasn't a blowout win. <laughs> like it, it, it does kind of feel by default. I know we're going to get into this here uh, in a second about North Carolina, but it feels like with Tez Walker coming in. They're going to really start to. I think they they were starting to find their groove going into their off week, and then I think now with the addition of Tez Walker, like things are could really take off for them. I think they're really going to start ramping up and peaking at the right time because their offense was good, but it wasn't great. It wasn't what we expected it to be the first few weeks of the season, which I thought was like, hey, you know what? That's actually okay as long as you trend upwards towards your peak towards the end of the season. Speaking of North Carolina, towards the end of the season. We have some tickets. Oh, do we? We have more North Carolina football tickets for you this week. Last week, we gave you Miami games, uh, or the Miami game. This week, text UNC to 919-860. Wait a second. I'm getting a typo in the uh, – I believe it's a typo. Let me double-check with Dennis. Dennis is our all-knowing. 860. All right, 860 uh, 5326. I didn't know if we had a new like text line or something. No, we did not. 919 860 5326. The man behind the curtain has gone ahead and confirmed it for us. Uh, text th- the number. It's the same number as always 919 860 5326 to enter for a chance to win a pair of tickets to see UNC play Virginia on October 21st. Oldest rivalry in the South. You want to talk about some offensive fireworks for North Carolina? You might see some touchdowns in that one. Uh, UNC, Virginia, October 21st. Uh, If you want a chance for a pair of tickets, text 919-860-5326. And by the way, if North Carolina beats Miami this weekend, Mm -hmm. the excitement and interest in going to the Virginia game is going to shoot through the roof. So this is the equivalent of like buying stock before the jump because they're going to become a CFP contender. Oh, should we have that conversation? Let's have that conversation. okay. Within the context of this college football play, uh, football season, which is important, okay? Within the context of the 2023 college football season, North Carolina is absolutely a legitimate college football playoff contender. 
How about that? First thing that matters, schedule. UNC is undefeated through five games. I don't care if it was ugly, pretty, if it was smooth, if it was rocky. Can't be better than 5-0 and through five games. Not exactly a murderer's row. I'll give you that. South Carolina, meh. App State, took them to the limit. Minnesota, not the most dynamic non-conference Power 5 game. Pitt, yikes. And, and Syracuse, they blew them out. That's not, I mean, that's not the scariest lineup in the world. But there's not exactly a murderer's row coming up either. You have, you have number 25 Miami this weekend coming off one of the weirdest losses I think I'll ever see where Mario Cristobal decided not to win that game. He almost made the choice to not win that game. Gosh. There's UVA, who has their struggles this year. Mm-hmm. Georgia Tech, who was on the opposite side of that Miami game, but uh, they're they're scrappy. I'll give them credit. Campbell, this area is aware of Campbell, but as a Power 5 opponent, you would expect to beat yeah, Campbell. FCS school. Yeah. yeah. Uh, 17, Duke. That game, throw the records out anyway. Mm-hmm. Clemson, not as scary as they normally are at all. They just beat Wake by less than a score. Uh, and NC State to end it, again, I guess you throw the records out, but you'd like your chances there based on how they've played thus far. The schedule sets them up. I mean, I think you can almost conservatively say one loss heading into the conference championship game if they're selected for the conference championship game, if there's not other undefeated teams. Second thing that matters is the talent. Specifically on offense, UNC has the talent. The defense is the worrisome part, right? Pass rush and 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 run stopping. They haven't been stopping the run as well as they should, and their pass rush goes dormant at times, but they actually do a pretty good job, as Dennis has pointed out a few times, at getting off the field on third down. So maybe the pass rush is more effective than it is stat padding, but the, the run stopping is where you have your issue. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. But the offense appears to be talented enough to overcome it, talented enough to make up the difference. And then there's the puncher's chance that you have with Drake May. Right there's the it, Drake May is the like stud ace number one pitcher in a seven game series. If he can go out there and get you three wins, if he can wins game one, four, and seven, you only have to come up with so much else around him. You know what I mean? Like he gives you that puncher's chance. He can't do it by himself, but he, he closes the gap pretty aggressively. Here's Anita Marks of ESPN on what scouts are saying about Drake May. Last year's pro day, Drake May perform for the scouts. And I had scouts tell me that they were more impressed with Drake May. Not one ball was dropped. Not one ball was dropped in his workout with the scouts. They they were there scouting, obviously, other UNC players who were eligible to come out of the draft. Uh, Scouts that I talked to are over the moon. They say that his ceiling is Joe Montana-like. So, and this, is, this isn't just, you know, Anita Marks on ESPN Radio. I, I mean, I'm, I, these are some of the best scouts who've been scouting players for years, decades, in the NFL. 
I'm telling you, this young man is special. Um, and I think he's just because Caleb Williams is so, you know, at USC and, and they're winning games. And so I just, I truly believe that he's the best quarterback that will be available in this year's draft. But it, I, I won't be shocked if Caleb Williams goes first. Whoa. First of all, I think we're officially to the point where people forget who Joe Montana was. This is the second time in today, I think. Second time today. The the other one may have come yesterday. Second time in, in 24 hours, we'll say. I've heard a quarterback compared to Joe Montana, which seems like it should be much more difficult. Uh, what was it? Uh, Mike Tannenbaum or uh, Rex Ryan, maybe. It was someone on ESPN uh, compared Brock Purdy to Joe Montana. And now we have Anita Marks comparing Drake May to Joe Montana. Well, that's what she's heard from scouts. So these are scouts making okay. the comparison. Okay, Anita Marks citing a scout comparing him to Joe Montana. Yeah. And you, do you know what's the crazy part? Drake May and Joe Montana stylistically have very little in common. Joe Montana was not the biggest, the strongest arm, the mobile. Like he was, he was getting by. I guess a little bit more like Brock Purdy. But let's not pretend like Brock Purdy's quality has been Joe. Joe Montana's got four of them things. He's got four rings. And and equally as many Skechers ads. Like, like, let's not disrespect Joe Montana here. Do you know what I actually thought when I heard Anita Mark say how impressive he was at Pro Day? Mm-hmm. My first thought was, do you think that's why Josh Downs fell? Do you think they were at Pro Day going, oh, well, of course you're going to have a lot of receiving yards with this going on. Yeah. He hasn't, nobody's dropped a pass, including, you know, the scrubs that are run, running around with him. Josh Downs, ooh, real difficult, getting balls on the money everywhere. <laughs> That's why I dropped to the 79th pick when I thought he might be an early second. Uh, there's the puncher's chance for North Carolina, going back to the college football playoff argument. If you are a one-loss team or an undefeated team heading into the ACC championship against Florida State, you might look at Florida State's roster and from 1 to 85 of all the scholarship guys 1 to 105 of the scholarship and walk-ons you might say Florida State has more talent but if you have the best player on the field at that position you will always have a chance and I I like Jordan Travis I don't like him as much as Drake May even if he's more productive and he might be a better Heisman candidate or whatever if, if, if we were if we were doing recess Right, you you toss the the bat back and forth, and then you do the hand over hand thing, and see who gets to pick first. If I get to pick first, Drake May. Yeah, if you put all the ACC players out on a, a recess field, all right, everybody who's got first pick, I got Drake May. The other way, but Jordan Travis is the Heisman. Yep, yes, he is. Fantastic. Next one might be a wide receiver from Florida State, though. That guy seems like he'd be good in a recess setting. Coleman seems like he'd be good yeah, in, in, in Coleman. He'd be good in a recess opportunity. <laughs> Put a flag on him. Yeah, he's hurtling people. <laughs> uh, but I, I legitimately think North Carolina. Because and the other thing is, there's not four juggernauts out there. No, there's not. Like that's what I mean by the context of this college football playoff. There are years where it's like Georgia and Alabama are in. Ohio State's in, Oklahoma's in, or uh, Clemson's in, uh, Ohio State's in, uh, USC, like it, whatever the years are, there are years where 
It's like, oh, there are four teams, and there's a gap, and then there's everybody else. I don't think North Carolina is good enough to be in, like, that penthouse. But if there's only, like, two teams in the penthouse, they can be three or four. You know what I mean? Wherever that, that break is, I don't see the super obvious, no doubt, always going to be there, have to be there, top-level level teams like we've seen in the past. Right? I mean, there was a, a stretch there where if – you know, it felt like the the years in the NBA where the Cavs and Warriors were playing each other every single year, and it was like the pre or the regular season was just to to have fun before they eventually had a classic, you know, six or seven game series between the the Cavs and the Warriors. For a while there, it did feel like it was going to be Oklahoma, Ohio State, two teams from the SEC, Alabama, Georgia, Alabama, LSU. Like that's what it was. You throw Clemson in there also. Mm-hmm. It doesn't feel like that this year. Seems like it's pretty wide open for a lot of teams this year. Even a team like Georgia that hasn't lost a game in three years. I mean, they're getting scared pretty routinely now. <laughs> uh, they, they just smack Kentucky around a little bit. There, there's a lot of half times where you're like, ooh, that's closer than I thought it'd be. But Alabama, even though they played pretty well against Texas A&M, they still have a loss to Texas who mm-hmm. just lost to Oklahoma. Okay, go out to the, the Pac-12. Yeah, you have USC, you have Washington, you have Oregon, but those teams are all going to be playing each other. Washington and Oregon play each other, so – you know the losses are going to take place amongst those games, so someone might get two losses just by default. You know if they play in the Pac-12 championship game. So Michigan says that UNC, still has to play Penn State and Ohio State. Yeah, like and Ohio, Ohio State still has to play those teams themselves yep. as well. So if if UNC gets through Miami, this Miami, weekend is one of the big tests. Yeah, yep. despite Miami with their blunder, <laughs> like this this past. They this should they should be a top they, twenty to top fifteen team. They should be because they were what seventeen and and had the game won, mm-hmm. chose not to win it, uh, lost, and now they're twenty five. They they probably would have jumped up to fifteen. Yes, because the Mario Cristobal, their head coach, all he had to do was just take a knee, and they would have literally, walked off the field with a win. They chose not to win a game, and then they f- literally fumbled the ball in a run play, and then Georgia Tech ended up beating them on a deep pass. We'll talk anyway, about it. We'll dive in. Be around uh, for sure after the the numbers game, which is at five thirty. I, I have I have thoughts. But once you get past that, it's Duke and NC State. That's Clemson. Like, it's saying North Carolina is a college football playoff contender is not just saying, like, oh, they're as good as Clemson was five years ago. Yeah. It's not just saying, oh, they're the new Alabama under Saban. Like, it's not that. It's saying there are some things that are breaking their way. Exactly. Things are lining up for you. Things are setting up for you to get to the ACC championship game undefeated. And if Florida State is also undefeated in that game, if that's who you're playing, that's or maybe it's game. Louisville, exactly, it's a playing game. And you have a puncher's chance at least because you have Drake May. Exactly. 